Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. marvelous truth, this marvelous light. God, I thank you, Lord, for this truth. And I thank you for the spirit that we feel in this place. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're living in a day and in an hour where we need to be sensitive to the spirit. We need to lean in harder than we ever have before. Hallelujah. When I hear the words to that verse, this old race is going to soon be over. We, the church, better pay attention to the signs of the times. The world is trying its hardest to distract There is so much in the way of entertainment. Ridiculous headlines fill our news. It's almost comical to think about the things that are going on in this world. And we've got to be careful as the church that we aren't caught up with it. When Paul was dying, he was calling his followers to him. He was trying to continue his ministry. And the most painful part of scripture, I believe, Brother Bobby, is when he said, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. I've heard it preached all my life. It wasn't because Demas was lost in sin. Demas loved the world. I can't get so caught up in the entertainment of this world that I lose the value of God. Amen. Amen. Let's pray and you may be seated. Lord, I love you, God. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God, for the opportunity, Lord, to come in this place. I ask, God, that you would use me as a mouthpiece today, God, to convey a word that you might have for us in this place. God, anoint our hearts to receive a word in this place. God, I love you, Lord, and I thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you may be seated. Lord, I love you, God. I am so thankful for the truth and the spirit of truth that we feel in this place today. I don't ever want to take it for granted what we come into on a weekly basis. 
I don't ever want to take it for granted, the, the joy that we have in this place and the liberty that we have in this place to worship God. I'm going to be reading from the book of Matthew. Amen. In the 28th chapter. I just want to speak for a few moments. And the Bible says in the 36th verse, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto his disciples, saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, which are James and John, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And he saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little farther, and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O Father, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Amen. And if you'll stay connected with me for just a few moments, I just want to talk from my heart about the pressing place. The place of pressing. You see, this is important because the Garden of Gethsemane was at the base of the Mount of Olives. And the Mount of Olives was literally an olive grove. And the place of pressing, the the Garden of Gethsemane, is where they would bring the fruit of the olive to be pressed into oil. And I find it somewhat ironic that Jesus came to this place to pray. Because in Scripture, the oil represents the anointing. And he came to the place of pressing at the end of his ministry. Growing up in this very real world that we live in, when I was a teenager, I often fought the idea, not so much in myself, but when I was thinking about how to witness to other people. When you see so much death in the world today that we live, it doesn't seem like it's a big deal for one man to die. When you can, even when you consider our military and things of that nature, when they sacrifice their life for their country, it doesn't even seem to be a big deal for one man to lay down his own life willingly. So how then could one man named Jesus make that big of an impact by giving his life? That's a question that I want to answer today. And Brother Rayleigh hit on this big time. Because we have to understand that Jesus was not just a man. The Bible says that he was man and he was tempted at all points as we are. 
But I want to start it out by saying what John said. This was John's account. See, others, they started with his genealogy, and others, they started with all of the things that God had done, but not John. He didn't even start with Mary giving birth to Jesus. He said, in the beginning was the Word. And what does the Bible teach us about the Word? The Word is power. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Say, all power bound in one. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, the Word was God. The same in the beginning was with God. Amen. The Bible says that without Him, nothing was made. Anything that we see would not be here without that Word, that powerful word of God and that same word that was in the very beginning that said that spoke into darkness and said let there be light and there exploded light in the skies he spoke and the mountains formed out of the earth creation boggles my mind when you think because the bible never says that he had to get detailed with it that means that everything that we see was in the imagination of God and his word had enough power within it that he said let there be and things started forming as we see it today the power of the word was bound in flesh and it dwelt among us the bible says And we find Jesus at the end of his ministry. He came to the garden of Gethsemane, to the place of pressing, because, and he kept saying in this prayer, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But the reason that that was not possible was because he was the final prophecy of the Old Testament in order for the Old Testament to come to fruition and birth the New Testament church Jesus had to die and we find him at this place of pressing there are so many things that we can bring out of this story but I want to center in on that phrase the place of pressing In the world today, men and women are pressed. They're pressed by time. They're pressed by family, by their job. They're pressed, they're pushed, and they're pulled constantly. And without the relief of God, without that peace, I don't know how I would make it. Because he's relief from the pressing. Amen. There is a parallel to this story that you can find Many times in the Bible, but one that I want to bring up is Abraham and Isaac. Amen. God had told Abraham early on in his life, he said, he gave him the promise. He said, look at the stars in the sky. If you can count them, look at the sand on the sea. He said, that's going to be your promise. That's your offspring. That's what's going to carry on your name. And Abraham lived with his promise. He lived with Isaac. To the point that Isaac was now a young man. And God spoke to Abraham concerning his promise. Concerning his promise. And he said that you're going to sacrifice him to me. There wasn't a big scene of of anguish with Abraham. That's what we have to understand. He didn't plead and beg God no. He, He didn't do all this 
commotion, if you will. But he was obedient to the words of God. God said, go to the land of Moriah and there is going to be a mountain that I'm going to show you. And we find Abraham, he grabs the company and he takes them along with him. And they journey to the land of Moriah. And all of a sudden, God shows him the mountain and he says to the young men that were with him, you stay here. He said, abide here. The lad and I are going to go yonder to worship. Now pay attention to what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, you stay here and I'm going to go yonder and pray. There's going to be times in our life And I know I'm preaching to the choir. Many of us have already been here. But sometimes we need to be reminded. There are times in our life when we don't understand, Brother Everett, what's going on. But all of a sudden we feel pressed and we find ourselves alone. But we need to understand that sometimes God has got to get us alone so he can deal with us on a personal level. God can't take you to the next level with people holding you back. It's the place of pressing. That he had to get Abraham to before he could reveal the ram in the thicket. A place of pressing is a personal journey. God takes us to these places to get us alone with him. And he presses until an anointing comes out of our spirits. He presses us into a deeper relationship and into a deeper walk with him in these places of pressing. They can feel so lonely. You can feel disoriented and that you won't know what's going on in the spirit. And this is where we have to be careful because it's easy to walk away during these times of pressing. It's easy to lose sight of what is important during these times of pressing. It's no wonder in the layout of the Bible that the book of Jude is right before the book of Revelation. Because the book of Jude was the most serious warning to the church in Scripture. Jude goes down the list and he says, watch for these people. Watch for these things. Be wary. Watch for them. Watch for them. Watch for them. It pricked my heart a couple of services ago, and I'm not trying to steal somebody else's idea, but when our pastor drew the image, if you will, in our minds of Calvary and how the disciples were away from Jesus at this time, we've got to be careful. Even pastor said this, we've got to be careful where we are right now that we're not walking away because that is described in the book of Jude. He said, these be they that separate themselves. Mm. these be they that separate themselves. The only way that we can stay connected to the church is also found in that scripture because it said that they were sensual and they had not the spirit. We've got to stay full of the Holy Ghost in the hour that we live. There has never been a time like the time that we're in. We cannot afford to take a day off, if you will. We've got to stay full of the Holy Ghost. Paul said, I died daily. He was saying he died out to flesh. We've got to find ourselves here in the hour that we live. Amen. 
seasons of anointing. We have to be full enough with the Spirit that we are sensitive to know the anointing of God. I want to draw your attention, if you will, to the story of Samson. You see, Samson, we all know him from the Sunday school stories, this big, strong man with seven locks of hair, and that's what, that was his strength. But you see, Samson was born into this promise. Samson, it really wasn't his choice to take the Nazarite vow because his mother gave him to God and his mother was the one that entered him into this. And the Bible says that from time to time the Spirit of the Lord would move on Samson and he would gain this strength to do all of these amazing feats. But where we find Samson going wrong was that he stepped down into the land of Timnath. When he stepped down into that city, he saw his first problem, and that was a woman, a daughter of the Philistines. He didn't pray to God to give him this woman. He went and talked to his parents. He confided in earthly people to give him what he wanted. And we find Samson at the end of his life his strength has been cut away. And he, we find him being taken to the feast of the Philistines. And the Bible says, and it came to pass when their hearts were merry, talking about the Philistines, that they said, call for Samson that he may, that, that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of his prison house. And he made them sport. And they set him between the pillars And Samson said unto the lad that helped him by the hand. You see, Samson, they had taken his eyes. They had taken his strength. He was done. He was done. Samson was beyond the point of pressing. Samson was done. He was spent. There was nothing left. His anointing had been gone. God wasn't moving on him anymore. But he said, he told the lad, take me to the pillars. And when he was there, we see Samson doing something that he should have been doing from the very beginning. Because at that point, when Samson was done, instead of asking men to do things for him and to arrange things for his life, he prayed to God. And this thought comes to mind to think about how mighty Samson was when the anointing moved on him in life. A man who did not pray. To consider how God moved on him in death because when he prayed, he killed more Philistines in his death than he did in his life. We've got to have the spirit because see the dangerous thing about the story of Samson and this happens to us in the church today. God can anoint you to use you in brief periods of ministry to touch someone else. The spirit of the Lord can move on you. 
that doesn't necessarily mean you have a relationship with God. We don't need to be fooled in brief times of anointing when God just touches us to minister to somebody else. We've got to know that we know that we know that we have enough God in us to make it through times of pressing. And here we find Jesus at the end of his ministry. Giving all that he had. The Bible says that he was praying and he was sorrowful. There was sweat, there was blood. Because he was at the place of pressing. You see, whenever they bring the fruit of the olive to make the olive oil, and I'm getting ready to to close, when they bring this fruit down from the mountain, the fruit is washed and prepared, and then they throw it, and it is ground by millstones to the point that it is unrecognizable. It looks more like mud in appearance than anything because they squeeze it and they grind it to a pulp. And then they take that pulp at this point as if that wasn't bad enough. And sometimes it can feel like life just grinds you to a pulp. But sometimes God isn't done yet. They take that pulp from the olive and they layer it between stones in a large stack. And then at that time they press it. And it's then, after it has been ground to a pulp, it looks like mud. It doesn't even resemble the fruit that it used to be. And they press on those olives. Then the olive oil comes out in its golden appearance when there's nothing left. When there is nothing left. We find this with Jesus. And we find this in our own lives. There are times when it feels like the world just grinds us to a pulp. And when it feels like we've just been cast away and alone. But it's not done yet. Because God has to press us. And when we are pressed, that's when the oil comes forth. That's when the anointing comes forth. I'm going to speak from experience. In other words, I'm going to say I instead of saying we because I don't want to get on anybody's list. And if you find yourself here, that's, that's good. You can use it. But when everything is okay, you can have a relationship with God. But there's something about it when you get to this point and you find yourself alone, at that point, God becomes all that matters. And if we don't fail at this point, if we push through a little bit further, that's when the anointing will press on us. And you'll find yourself not looking like you used to. You'll find yourself not confined to the same things you used to be. But God will take you to the next level in anointing. 
It goes from being a simple fruit on a tree and it's ground to a pulp. And when you think that the process should be done, it is pressed one more time. And after it is pressed, it is unrecognizable. It comes forth as a golden liquid, as an anointing. It comes forth as oil. And that's where God puts the church sometimes. Amen. We cannot afford we cannot afford not to realize the times that we're living in. something that stuck out to me in Wednesday night's message. Was considering Solomon and how Solomon disobeyed God in that one thing. He didn't take a wife from his country, but he got many many, many from other countries. And I couldn't help but have this thought. Solomon was the child that David had with Bathsheba. The man after God's own heart sent her husband into battle and had him killed. God took their first child as punishment. And then you have Solomon. It was David's sin times a thousand. that literally took Solomon away from God because he adopted their gods. What you do today matters more than you know. What we do today matters more than we know. Can we stand in this place today? It matters on a level greater than just family. That seems to be the greatest. But Brother Everett, we could make decisions today that would impact the families that we're supposed to minister to. There are people that only you can reach. That God has called you to make a difference in their life. The decisions you make today will affect them. When we find ourselves in these places of pressing, when it feels like the world is just crushing down on us, that's not a time to get further away from God. That's a time to draw closer than we've ever drawn before. That's a place to try to find God harder than we've ever tried to find Him. Because if we can just hold on through those times of pressing, 
That's where anointing comes from. In those times of trial, that's where the anointing comes from. Amen. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Can we worship the Lord? I love you, God. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.